today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, we are dropping truth bombs as we look back on our careers and lives and offer some true confessions. I guess it's better than the bomb I had to wait for you to drop when we started recording. Oh, Brian. Let's keep that behind closed doors, all right? But uh, we won't keep it behind closed doors when we offer our very true confessions here today, plus your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 113 presented by BDARadio.com. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, now a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is the irrefutable force. He is the immutable object. He's the canopy kingpin, Brian Malonis. <laughs> Hello, Michael. How are you today? I'm good. Yourself? Oh, I'm well. Good, because you had a weekend off, didn't you? You were at Canopy Lake. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if taking the kids to Canopy Lake could be constituted as a weekend off. <laughs> well, <laughs> Canopy Lake Park is a, a local amusement park in New Hampshire. And yeah, you were out there with the kitties. Only the highest class of citizens uh, <laughs> attend attend this amusement park. It is New Hampshire, Brian. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I texted a couple of buddies of ours yesterday and said uh, that Canopy Lake and Hampton Beach are like the co-white trash capitals of the world. <laughs> there's, there's, not, there's nothing quite like seeing that family arguing over the, all the money they've spent today because they really didn't have the money to go there in the first place. So it just makes everybody around them feel so wonderful as the dad bitches about, uh, do you know how much money I've spent today? I just remember my favorite Canopy Lake Park memory is Warbeard Hanson, a.k.a. Handsome Johnny, walking around shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember about Canopy Lake Park. Is that is that legal? Is that <laughs> walk around Canopy Lake Park shirtless? I think most things are legal in New Hampshire. <laughs> well, they do have a water park now, so but I don't I don't I think that's new though, so I, I, I don't I don't know. But uh, I also did have to wait at the the concession stand for 15 minutes for one person in front of me while they haggled and bitched and moaned about every single price uh, as they ordered stuff off the menu. What the prices were displayed for everybody to see and then they order a small soda and tried to return said soda for a bigger soda i think i said they asked for a refill no no they they hadn't drank it yet and that was their contention well they took it and they walked away with it and they came and like there was two people like the husband walked away they came back with it and decided he just wanted the bigger soda and they were flabbergasted as to why they couldn't take this soda back Oh, yeah, you can reuse that, right? Give that to the next customer. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh it, it was fun with the family, but just uh I guess uh, entertaining people watching as well. I guess so. And speaking of family, we are recording on Sunday, and that means it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Brian Malonis. 
Hey, same to you, buddy, sort of. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, what are you talking about, sort of? I'm sitting here in my brand new computer chair. It is oh. a, a luxury model. As long as you're not wearing a number one dad shirt, because we all know who's the number one dad on this show. Morty Seinfeld. <laughs> you think you're the number one dad? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm here in my nice uh, comfy chair, brand new chair. I just had a nice French toast breakfast. A great Father's Day. A couple of dads like us, Brian. We get treated like kings on this day. Yeah, Mike, I haven't even so much as gotten a happy Father's Day out of my family yet. So this this is what happens when uh, they get a little older and everybody's jaded to these things. So you're, you're in the little cutesy phase. The, the kid's not even born yet, but it's like this cute little thing. Wait till, wait till you have one or two of these little monsters running around and it just becomes another day of chasing them around and trying to get them not to kill each other. <laughs> well, it's early, Brian. It's still early in the day. I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be getting the many accolades a little later on. Yeah, you know, I didn't marry my wife uh, for her gift giving and thoughtfulness skills when it comes to gifts and birthdays and holidays and things of that nature. Let's just put it that way. And she's not really technologically sound, so she won't hear this either. So that's a good thing. Oh no, no, she won't listen. But yeah, I've made her well. <laughs> Come on, Mike. You know me. If I've said it, if I've said, if I've said it on this podcast, you know I've said it to her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope uh, things look up for you the rest of this day, Brian. But you, we've been. I, a- I, say, I say the same thing every year when she asks me what I want, and I say to be left alone, and she uh, and she gets mad. And well, and she's leaving you alone. I've, no, I've yet to get it. No, being left alone is like they go do something, and I sit in a nice, quiet house, maybe watch a ball game, sit back and uh, sip a couple beers. You know, that's being left alone. That's not happening. Oh, God, no! Come on. Well, uh, it was happening last week here on the podcast, Brian. We talked about our favorite wrestling managers, and a couple people had issue with us for the people that we didn't bring up. Including, yes, your former manager was brought up, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was managed by one Paul Bearer for multiple years over the course of like three shows. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I mean, he actually came down to the ring with me. I would probably five or six times, and then there were a couple other shows he wasn't booked for, but he was still announced as uh, you know me being his charge. Um, so. Yeah, I, I left. Uh, I left a, a historical uh, figure in the wrestling business, one of the greatest managers of all time, who I had the pleasure to actually work with a little bit, and I didn't even list him on my favorite managers list. I was too worried about trying to be a little different with like the Sherry Martel pick and the uh, Armando Estrada pick. I was trying to think of things maybe you wouldn't say. So yeah, yeah, shame on me. Because uh, Paul Bearer was tremendous. Yes, he was. And he was, yeah, tailor-made for, of course, The Undertaker. Uh, so, yeah, Glenn Abbott, at GA Russellnut, and Another Dumb Mark, your brand new best friend, at Another Dumb Mark on Twitter. They both mentioned Paul Bearer as a pick that we kind of neglected to make uh, last week on our favorite managers. ADM also brought up Zelina Vega, who has uh, really turned around the career of uh, Cien Almas. And Peter Winston, PW. From greetings from Allentown, people are with the Grand Wizard. Uh, you know, a little more for the old school fans. And Adam Price, he is at a Price Ins. Talked about General Skandor Akbar, of course, uh, prominent in world class championship wrestling. I know Mike Mills is probably cursing at us right now for forgetting General Skandor Akbar on our list of 
best managers. Also, Steven says, how the hell could you forget the longest reigning current manager in wrestling history, Colonel Rob Parker, who apparently is managing now in MLW. Uh, they have a TV deal, MLW does, Major League Wrestling once again, and Colonel Rob Parker is back and managing on that show. I can, I can tell you how. I didn't like him. This is, By the way, this 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 was our favorite managers, was it not? Right, 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 yeah. right. This, this is like, I, ha- I had some putts online yesterday. Did You ever see these things <laughs> on Facebook where like, you, like now it's going around, it's like your favorite like baseball players like by position. Yes. Some putts, I'll leave them unnamed. Talks about well, this could be debated, not argued, but it could be debated. I'm like, my favorites can be debated. They're my favorites. How do you, like, and then another one of my buddies chimed in, like, yeah, yeah, you you, you really should change. I think your favorite was this guy, not this guy. Like, it's just your favorites can't really be debated by anybody but you. You know, like maybe you could debate, like I like this guy versus that guy. Like you have an internal debate, but I don't think I can really debate you, Mike, on like. Jim Cornette's your favorite manager of all time. I can debate whether I think who's better, but I can't really debate him being your favorite. He's your favorite. Right, and that's kind of why we labeled it favorite managers, not best managers. That's up to our own interpretation. Yeah, exactly. Go check out last week's episode, episode 112. We talk about the art of managing. We talk about our favorite managers. And uh, continue the debate on Twitter, at the WPAN, with your favorite managers. Brian, did you get to uh, catch TakeOver last night? I did. What a show, and uh, New England, well-represented. They brought it uh, in a big way. Oni Lorcan, really, uh, him and Danny Burch, the tag team match against the Undisputed Era, really a breakout performance for our good old buddy Biff, right? Yeah, how about that bump he took from the top row off the apron? I thought he died. But a, a kind of kind of fun to watch a couple of our buddies bookend the show. And then, of course, I'm pretty sure... Uh, our good friend Warbeard did the um, TV taping. I think so, yes. That they do beforehand. So uh, lots of pals of ours scattered all over that show last night. Yeah, and Tommaso Ciampa, the, uh, I thought the finish was absolutely fantastic after everything that had gone down. I thought it was great. Yes. <laughs> A little uh, ode, perhaps, to uh, old chaotic wrestling stuff with peeling back the canvas, peeling back the mat, and just having the exposed boards. That's an old old school chaotic wrestling spot with the handsome Johnny that I'm sure... I haven't, uh, I haven't texted Warbeard yet this morning, but uh, I'm, I'm going to guess there's going to be some credit taken there. <laughs> <laughs> just an educated guess on your part. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, based on based on previous um, conversations on uh, not this, but, you know, just, just having interactions with our good buddy you know, all these years. Right. Yes. Uh, I would probably, I would concur with you on that, on that right there. Um, it, it was, so what do you think now? Does Tommaso Ciampa move on to a program with Alistair Black? What do you think? I think this thing with Johnny Gargano is just not over. Really? I, I don't think... know. What, what else could these guys do at this point? They've had a unsanctioned match and they've had a street fight. Here's one thing that, that stood out and I, and I thought it was, I don't know if it was them on their own or what to do. Did you notice there was quite a few headshots with weapons last night? Yeah, yeah. Not like chair shots, but the stuff where they he threw the trash can to his yeah, head. Yeah, there was and a couple of knees with the with the trash can lid in front of his knee. He, uh, when Gargano came out of the ring, 
was it a suicide dive maybe and he hit him in the head with the trash can lid and then um i, I mean they they were selling it as if he got hit in the neck with the crutch but I just thought it was interesting. Um, I just thought it was interesting last night. A little leniency being shown there at the NXT level. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Or was it? <laughs> or, or did? <laughs> or did they just go for it? Yeah, will it be fines levied? Who knows? I guess maybe we'll find out about that later. But yeah, NXT Takeover always a good show. Always a good time. Go back and check that out. And uh, something else you should check out is BrianMalonis dot com. Correct. Yeah, go get yourself a, a T-shirt. There's always, uh, you know, there's always something going on on pro wrestling tees in the way of discounts or uh, add-ons and things like that. But go get yourself a fine Brian Malonis T-shirt or a Curtain Jerker WPAN T-shirt. As seen on Joe Murata from our vantage point, he is a proud pitch man for our WPAN Curtain Jerker T-shirt, as we saw on Twitter this past week. Yes, and I and I and I have the OVP uh, T-shirt too. So the OVT, if you if you will. So it's a mutual admiration society here with OVP and WPAN. A, a mutual admiration society of which your pockets are still full and a few of ours are a little lighter. How does that <laughs> always work out that way, Mike? You cheap prick. No, 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 Brian. I, I've invested in our friends here. I've given them a an olive branch. I've given them a couple of bucks. And, uh, you know, so I'm getting in on it as well. Oh, okay. And the WPAN.com, if you want to help line our pockets, you can get the Kurt Jerker t-shirt through the merch button on that site as well, plus access to our episodes, ways to subscribe, bios, old photos, all at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. And between podcasts, find us on Facebook, the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. Just put Putting Over Podcasts in the search bar on Facebook, and you can find us and we are talking about all pro wrestling podcasts in there so be sure to join us if you're a podcaster if you're a listener come on in there and join the conversation and uh, still pull the trigger on the wrestling podcast about nothing facebook group brian actually i mean there's been a wpan facebook group for over a year i just really haven't activated it so it's there but uh, it's dormant at the moment we'll see what we can do about that we'll figure that out at some point brian I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll lend my celebrity to it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that would be appreciated, much like you do with this podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, Brian, as you know, and I have no problem admitting this, I love the dirt sheets. That's what some people call insider wrestling newsletters and news sites. It's what I do. Gotta check the dirt sheets. Love a good sheet. I've been knee-deep in this stuff since the day I found out they existed. You? Not so much. So, with that in mind, I present to you the WPAN's most celebrated segment, America's Game. Pretty one, the dirt sheet shuffle. Yes, it is that time. I sprung it on you at the last minute, Brian. You're shooting on me here. I am. I didn't even mention it in the intro like I was supposed to. But here we are. And Brian, I'm hoping I get you on your heels here because this is the big one. We've done this game 18 times now. You are 9 and 9. A win here, Brian. Will bring you over 500, perhaps, I think, for the first time in the history of the Dirt Sheet Shuffle. I didn't win the first one? I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't keep track. I can go back if you want, but not now. 
<laughs> so how you feeling going into this one? Well, I don't know. I'm caught off guard now, so I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And, and, and you don't want me to go over 500, so you might have actually put effort into it this week. Oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. All right. High pressure situation for you and for me. So let's get to it. We're going to give you three news stories from pro wrestling news sites from around the internet. Which one of these did not actually get reported? As I say every time, it is not whether it's true or not. It's whether it actually got reported by these news, with a Z, news sites. So, Kingpan, can you separate the news from the ruse? We'll see. Okay, thank you. Uh, So you can play at home with Kingpin as well and see how you do in the dirt sheet shuffle. Brian, my friend, this is story number one. He may be 53, but the dead man is saying, I'll rest when I'm deader. Yes, The Undertaker is showing no signs of slowing down, making more appearances in 2018 than he has in many years, including an upcoming match for the confirmed Australian WWE Super Show in October. But his most recent booking hit a strange chord with fans. Appearing at a Post Malone concert in Texas to smash a guitar on stage. You heard that right. He limped on stage made mincemeat out of a guitar, and limped off. Is this foreshadowing for the big match with Elias at WrestleMania 35? Eh, probably not. And that is story number one, Brian. How do you feel so far? Pretty good. Um, Oddly enough, I stumbled across a picture of The Undertaker on Twitter this morning with Post Malone. What the fuck? I, I I was just on Twitter and somebody had like retweeted it or something. You're not supposed to be plugged in, Brian. Well, I don't I don't check the dirt sheets. I just was on Twitter. And how do you know who Post Malone is? I have no friggin' idea. <laughs> he's uh he's a rapper, I think, right? I I guess so. I don't know. Yeah, here, you know how I know who Post Malone is from watching Ridiculousness, and he was on an episode of that. Thank God for that. All right, Brian, I guess I get a 50-50 shot here. So, all right. Fuck, let's get into story number two. Former WWE fuck nugget Enzo Amore is used to getting heat from the contemporaries in his old company, but in his latest release, he's looking to raise the ire of a wrestling old-timer. The new Enzo hip-hop ditty, Bury Me a G... A reference to his struggles in wrestling includes the line, "Eyes flossing on the catwalk, even with the rooster cock block," which some interpret as a reference to a contentious relationship with NXT trainer, the former Red Rooster Terry Taylor. When asked, Taylor says he has no idea what Amore is talking about, and frankly, that makes all of us. How you doing? That is story number two, Brian. Did you see this one on Twitter this morning? No, but I, I have heard that he has a rap album or whatever. He, is he going by like Real One now or something along those lines? I yeah, I think so. That's his Twitter handle. I think he's yeah, I think he's kind of using that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I don't know about the lyrics or any specific songs. I'm assuming you probably knew that I would uh, uh, be aware of the rap album. 
And maybe you're trying to use that to your advantage, though. All right, we'll see, Brian. Let's move on to story number three. IHOP is now the International House of Burgers. And people all over the country, especially wrestlers all over the country, are hopping mad. So the late-night, breakfast-loving wrestling community as a whole went to the one man who can make sense of this crazy situation. The one guy who perhaps could convince us that IHOB was no reason to sob. Of course, I'm talking about Ring of Honor Wrestling's Cheeseburger. And when reached for comment by a prominent wrestling journalist, Cheesy said, as a self-proclaimed burger expert, I question this decision. So, even Cheeseburger has a beef with the fine folks at IHOP. IHOP, uh, whatever. And that is story number three. All right, Brian, before we get to your decision, let's review the three stories. Number one, Undertaker's on stage with Post Malone, guitar smash, blah, blah, blah. You already saw that on Twitter, so fuck it. Story (laughs) number two, Enzo Amore apparently references the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor, in a recent rap song, and Terry Taylor has no idea what he's talking about. Story number three, even Cheeseburger is out on the International House of Burgers, according to a prominent wrestling journalist. Those are your three stories, Kingpin. Walk me through it. What are you thinking? This is the big one. You got to really think about this one carefully because you could go over 500. You could become 10 and 9 with this decision. So here we go. Well, we already know I got a 50-50 shot here, so we know it's not story number one. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So I feel like you're trying to make me look bad here with the involvement of Cheeseburger. Past guest on the wrestling podcast about nothing? Past guest uh, and, and somebody who I see quite frequently in, in Ring of Honor. Boy, I feel like I feel like this ups the ante here. This really puts the pressure on. But thinking about Mike, thinking about your kind of mo, you, you try to use little nuggets of information against me. Okay. And I, and again, I, I keep coming back to. I feel like you probably assumed that I knew about Enzo's Enzo's rap album. And wouldn't know specifics. And in the past, I've fallen for those types of things quite a bit. Um, where there's a overall bigger thing, but then you give detail to it. And I don't know the detail. I just assume the detail is true. Um, uh, because the larger story is true. Does that make sense? Did I explain myself well at all there? I think so. Oh, but then the cheeseburger thing, that's such a, You've been pretty lazy lately, oh, and that gosh. would be the type of lazy thing you might throw in there and just come up with. Well, IHOB, cheeseburger, eh, that's that's a good connection. Ugh. All right. Wow. I, I think I'm going to go. Well, this is big, Mike. This is, this is a big one. This is. I'm going to go with my initial gut instinct. I'm going to say story number two was not reported. I'm going to go with the Enzo story. Uh, let's hope I'm right because I, you know, I don't want to have to face cheeseburger if I'm wrong. All right, Brian, you say it. You say story number two, the whole Enzo Amore, Red Rooster, rap album, rap line, hold that whole deal. You're saying that is the false story. That was a story that was not reported by the dirt sheets. Right. Story number two. So Brian Malonis, the Kingpin. 
you are correct. All right. Woo. You did it. Woo. My God. Ah, I've got your number, Mike. I own you. You do. And uh, yeah, back to the drawing board with the dirt cheat shuffle, I think. <laughs> well, you have these tendencies, Mike. I've picked up on your tendencies. The scouting reports are in. I got a book full of them now. 19 times you've done this, and, and you follow the same patterns and the same trends. Uh, I thought I had you with this one. Especially with, I thought the cheeseburger story was just enough fluff where you could think that can be completely made up. You know, what really worked against you was me seeing that picture of, of Undertaker and Post Malone because. There's no freaking way, had I not seen that picture, that I wouldn't have thought that story was made up. <laughs> God damn it. Wrestling Twitter strikes again. <laughs> and it was like 10 or 15 minutes before before you, you came on. I was, was just playing around on my phone waiting for you to come on. And so it <laughs> just happened. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. So, yes, The Undertaker was on stage with Post Malone, whoever the hell that is. It was Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling Sheet who actually got comment from Cheeseburger about IHOP becoming IHOB. And yes, story number two, uh, there are a couple of songs. He's released two songs now, I believe, Enzo More, Real One. And the second song released is called Bury Me a G. And I listened to like 10 seconds of it. I'm not even sure that is referencing anything to do with wrestling. But I came up with the line, which I thought was great. Eyes flossing on the catwalk, even wit de rooster cock block. I thought, I mean, how could you think <laughs> that I could have made that up? Because you, you do this. You take these larger stories, like like something happened, like this. He has an album come out, and you try to add detail to it. You've done this to me. I, I If you haven't done that to me half a dozen times already, maybe more, you haven't done it once. And and for this this one time, I finally decided not to take the bait. Okay, so um, I will keep this in mind. I will take that under advisement. And next time, if there is a next time, <laughs> a <laughs> wow. new strategy. You're you're, you're, quit, you're quitting because I, I'm just dominating you. Uh, it's been a uh, yeah. You you've uh, knocked me around quite a bit these past few months. Yeah, I think I was like four or five uh, games under five hundred at one point. You were, yeah, you were tanking, and uh, then it all turned around. It all turned around, and we gotta make a, we gotta put a stop to this on Dirt Sheet Shuffle number twenty. So you're saying I can cancel my subscription to the Wrestling Observer now? Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian. So yes, there's no, there's no chance I would give money to that uh, that rag. Oh Jesus, FDM? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, I just wouldn't pay for I wouldn't pay for anything along those lines. Okay. Well, uh I cannot sing the theme song as I love to do because that is your prize is you don't get to hear me sing again on the close of the show. I'd say it's a prize for all the fans as well. I'm here I I, I do it for the people, Mike. Yes, you do. Uh, congratulations on the big win. You are ten and nine now in the dirt cheat shuffle, and we'll see what we can do. With Dirty Shuffle number 20, it will come back. I'll say that right now. It will come back. You're like despondent now. Are you going to be able to continue with this broadcast today, Mike? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, my true confession is that I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to go take another dump? <laughs> oh, Brian, come on now. Ugh. 
everybody poops, buddy. Everybody poops. <laughs> I, I gotta get that book for the kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. All right, we want your feedback, folks. Not about dumping, but about the dirt sheet shuffle and what we got coming up on this episode of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. As always, tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on the episode. Use the hashtag WPAN to interact with us. And the best way to give us your feedback is through the voicemail line. Get your voicemail in. We will play it on the podcast. The number is 401-584-9726. That is 401-584-WPAN. We really appreciate you when you call in, when you leave your voice. We get your voice on our show that way. So be a part of the wrestling podcast about nothing. 401-584-9726. And check out Book of the Territory. That is a great podcast. They do podcasts twice a week. Sundays, the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays is their flagship show. MikeMills.Podbean.com is the home base for booking the territory. Make sure you check that out. That is the old school wrestling with a southern flavor. And for the northern style of retro wrestling, that is our buddies at our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. That is Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. The both of them take their romp through the world of old school wrestling each and every Monday. So listen to the WPAN, then listen to our vantage point. OVPpodcast.com is the website if you want more info on that great show. And PW, Peter Winson from Greetings from Allentown. He does that show each and every Thursday talking about one single episode of wrestling television and kind of building his whole life around that one episode, telling you anecdotes from his childhood, what's going on in hockey and baseball related to that episode. So check out Greetings from Allentown, a great podcast. You can find it on his own feed or the Pro Wrestling Own the Feed on Place to Be Nation. And of course, there's always the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, all those guys over there on that feed. Stuff going on all week. So check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. And Brian, I went to you last week and asked you if you could uh, go deep into your memory and come up with something that you wish to confess. This is the confessional here this week of the wrestling podcast about nothing. And Brian, I want you to raise your right hand right now. I can't see you where you're doing it. Hmm. Raise your right hand. I feel a little silly, but okay, I'll play along. Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, Vince McMahon. (laughs) Sure, buddy. Okay, I do as well. True confessions from two pro wrestling podcasters. Two guys, a former referee, well, former referee, a referee on an extended hiatus, and a current professional wrestler. Confessions on the wrestling podcast about nothing. And do you have something that you really need to get off your chest right now, my friend? Oh, I, I do, Mike. I, I it, It's something that, uh, you know, I, well, maybe I haven't tried to hide it all that much, but I, I need to profess it here on this podcast for the masses to hear. Do it. All right. You ready? Are, are you ready? I don't know if you're ready for this one. I, I feel like it might change your, your view of me. I feel like, I feel like you might think lesser of me. I'm here for you, my son. I will not judge. I'm not your son. Okay. (laughs) Eat eat shit, my son. (laughs) All right. Well, this is very serious, Mike, so I want to stop the laughing for a second. I want you to get real serious here with me. All right. Sorry about that. It's okay. All right. Ready? I am. I love the movie Ready to Rumble. 
I absolutely love it. I've probably seen it a hundred times. I laugh hard to this day. I can recite lines from it, and I think it's fantastic. Oh. You're serious. You're serious. Yeah. That's how you're starting us off in this thing. True confessions. We're going so deep I, into our I, souls. I bear my soul to you, and, and this is this is the reaction I'm getting? Your soul is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so is your face. Oh, my goodness. Well, Brian, ready to rumble. Come on. This is how you're starting us off. We're going to start off strong. going to start hot, as uh, Coach Hollow, as <laughs> Handsome Johnny would say. Start hot. And you're coming at me with ready to rumble. And I will confess right now, I've never seen that movie. I refuse to see that movie. <laughs> they treat wrestling, they treat wrestling fans like they're complete morons, from what I understand. Of course, like I said, I haven't seen it. But how can you endorse this film that makes wrestling uh, a farce? Because it's funny. Don't take yourself so seriously, Mike. It's funny. Uh, I think eventually in this podcast, we're going to have to watch that uh, movie. I know you will do so gleefully for the 177th time, but uh, maybe we'll have to watch that and I'll have to give my true thoughts, my true confessions about actually viewing Ready to Rumble. But as I said, as of yet, have not seen the uh, lovely feature film. Okay, buddy. Do you want something different? Do you want something... You're looking for something, what, controversial, hot button? Yeah, why don't you no? Why don't you just uh, you sit there for a second? You think about what you've done, <laughs> and you come up with something good, okay? Okay. And in the meantime, I will give my first true confession. Um, I can say this without shame, without any reservation. I can say right now, I am a pro wrestling podcaster. I have not watched Raw or SmackDown in months, and I canceled the WWE Network. Hey, hey Mike. Yes. You're going to give me crap. Um, we all already know this. When I say all, I mean all of your friends uh, and all of the fans of this show already know this. What, what are you telling us here? You're telling us what we already know. What, what's your next confession going to be? The sky is blue? Brian, I had the network for a, a few months Around WrestleMania, I think I actually signed back up because I need to get a sound clip for something. <laughs> so I signed up for the WWE Network, and I had it until just a couple weeks ago when I canceled it outright. And like I said, sometimes I'll check in on Raw, but haven't seen it in months. Yeah, we know. We make fun of you for not watching wrestling. I don't, this has been a running bit on this show for at least a year. So now, just because I condemned your first confession, you're going to condemn mine? No, but you're telling us what we already know. Like, next you're going to be like, I'm a referee. Like, uh, I count to three when somebody gets pinned. Like, I, I don't know. What's what's next, Mike? Your your your, your confession of a previous confession uh, on a different episode of you wearing black undies was more salacious than than this confession. <laughs> well, I can say that I, I don't think I'm alone anymore. I think there are a lot of fellow podcasters out there that are tired, that are... Uh, bored with what's going on in WWE specifically. And even those podcasts that cover that scene week to week, they're looking for other avenues to continue podcasting. I think I can say that uh, with some confidence. It's really hard out there these days to get into the current product and to be excited talking about it on the podcast. 
Well, yeah, if you're a grown man with a full-time job, it's really hard to watch the WWE, all the <laughs> WWE product. Uh, it, it's funny, I, and and uh, and this won't be my second confession, but but I, I made a list here, and one of them was I watch less pro wrestling now than any point in my entire life. So I'm right, I'm right there with you. I DVR these things every week. I I I don't really watch them, and that's not just because I work for uh, a different company. It's just I I don't have time, <laughs> or or other things take my interest. There's so much great TV these days. Uh, I mean, just TV in general on Netflix, uh, anywhere else on cable. I'm on, I'm on season two now. Thirteen Reasons Why, Mike. It's fantastic. I've heard okay things about that. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so check that out. Maybe we'll do a podcast about Thirteen Reasons Why. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, uh, it's tough out there, folks. It's tough out there. And uh, Brian Fury shaking his head, but he. He knew, he knew as well that uh, I'm not watching a lot of current wrestling. I think the last thing I really sat down and watched was Smoky Mountain for the Smoky Mountain episode we did a few episodes back. <laughs> oh, so you're not watching any wrestling? Not, not particularly. I mean, well, NXT. The last night I watched Takeover. Aside from the one you were in attendance for, have you seen one of my Ring of Honor matches? That might be a good confession. <laughs> oh, I saw one of them. I saw the first TV match you had. Thanks thanks for your support, dickhead. <laughs> happy, happy to support you in any way I can there, Brian. All right. You've been sitting back there. You've thought about uh, something good, something actually salacious, Kingpin. We're starting off slow here. This is the opposite of hut. We're starting off uh, with a whimper. We're ramping up here. We're ramping up. We are ramping up. So, Kingpin, hit me with something good. All right. So... I think it, I think people know we've talked about it on this podcast that I that I was um, one of the head trainers at the then chaotic training center for mm-hmm. for a number of years, really probably three four years. I'm thinking that I did training there. Right. Um, I, I've helped train some people who have gone on to much bigger and better things. But here's my confession, Mike. Okay. I hated it. I absolutely hated. Being a full-time trainer, um, well, full-time, full-time is a relative term, I guess. But I, I hated have I hated doing it on a on a weekly basis. Um, I didn't get a, not that I don't get joy in helping people, but I, I get joy picking and choosing my spots. Um, but having to do it week in and week out, I absolutely loathed it. Mike hated it. Terrible. Well, it's not really news to me because you're a very selfish person. So helping anyone else, that is uh, not in your nature. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. Huh. I seem to remember dipping into my pockets for some equipment for this show, but... It's sitting right here, Brian. Oh, still in the box, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just the folks that come in, and, and whether or not they went on to bigger and better things it is is really inconsequential. I like helping people, Mike, who... I want to say want to be helped, but like, or that are given their best effort. You know what I mean? That yeah. are that are coming in, um, have some semblance of talent, and and are really giving it their all. Um, what I hated was having to deal with the opposite of that. The people who are just they serve the purpose of paying the bills, keeping the door open, keeping the lights on. Uh, that's where it became soul sucking for me. 
Uh, and, and and there are talented people who just come in and they and they give half-ass effort or um, have big egos for God knows what reason uh, or just don't give a good effort, have a bad attitude, aren't really coachable. Those are the type of things that just absolutely burnt me out. So yeah, I I hated it and I would never like of the list of things I want to do in pro wrestling again. Being a being a trainer or having a school is not on that list. I like doing. I, I'm excited about. I have another. You know, and I haven't announced the date yet, but there will be another camp coming up. I'm doing. Uh, so, I, <laughs> so this is a great advertisement for that. Well, but I, but those are the type of things I enjoy. Like that, I can pick and choose my spots on those. Okay. Uh, but having to do it week in and week out. Kudos to Brian and and the guys he has over there and anybody who 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 puts their time in and, and wants to pursue that avenue because at times it can be it can be very thankless and it can really beat you down and that's where I was at when I was doing it every single solitary week um, with doing the camps and things like that I pick and choose my spots I can do those once or twice a year uh, and also I enjoy helping you know helping people who who want to be helped. Um, yeah, the people that are paying for those camp are coming to see you, so they want to get something out of it. They're not showing up and you know going through the motions, right? Or or you know guys at shows. I enjoy, I enjoy helping guys at shows and things of that nature. But um, yeah, so there it is. How was that one? Was that an okay confession, Mike? All right, that's not bad, not bad. Uh, so, what is the best thing about being a, a wrestling trainer day in and day out? I, I mean, when when there are, you know, there there when there when people do succeed and and you see them, you see them work hard. It, for so for it's it's not necessarily when. So I'll use I'll use Sasha Banks as an example. Not I, I was ecstatic for her when she got a contract with WWE, um, but a more special moment was when she mentioned you on Steve Austin's show. <laughs> yes, no, it was when she got her first match and, and the, the seeing the excitement of that and and seeing her day in and day out put in all that hard work uh, week in and week out and it led to her to her, her actually getting an opportunity on an independent show and having her first match. Stuff like that is 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 very rewarding to see somebody put in that hard work and then and then get something out of it at the end of the day and, and be excited about that. That's the stuff that that's rewarding about it. All right, Brian. Okay, let's move on to my first real confession. Um, here we go. There was a time where you and I worked at a certain company, not a wrestling company, <laughs> but a different company. And this company produced certain toys. Right? They do. Uh, of an adult nature. And as a rib, people from that company who worked at that company, and there are many that crossed over from the wrestling side to work at this adult company, people from that company would drop toys from this company into people's bags as a big rib, right? Oh. Are you sure you want to admit to something? <laughs> no, it's, it's, just, just hear me out. Okay, uh, okay. So one time, I got one of these things in my bag. I no-sold it, as you're supposed to do with the rib, correct? That's correct. I know you're very bad at this, Brian. But you're supposed to no sell it. I am. That's why. But but uh, it, I, I get so worked up and so angry. It actually works in my favor. People don't want to mess with me. <laughs> so so I no sold this item in my bag. I took it home, and I can say, just the other day, I was moving stuff around. I saw it remains in a draw here in my house, unopened, unused. Let me say that. <laughs> But Brian, I have no idea how to get rid of it. 
how do I get rid of this? Do I have to go back and get on shows again to put it in someone's bag? And th- would that be acceptable these days? <laughs> it probably wouldn't be acceptable. Yeah, I'd get <laughs> ostracized. <laughs> so I just have this thing and I have no idea what to do with it. You, you'd be ostracized from the community you're not a part of? <laughs> right. <laughs> and by, by saying, I don't know what to do with it, I'd know what to do with it, but you know, I don't want to do anything with it. I just want to get rid of it. That's what I mean. Is it, what what uh, what nature is the product? Is it is it is it male anatomy or female anatomy? Uh, it's very strange. I believe there is a rubber tongue involved. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if it was like Kong the Realistic or something like that. No, 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 no. Uh, look that up, folks. Uh, not at work. <laughs> not at work, though. Yeah, make sure you're home alone when you're doing that, doing that research. But yeah. Uh, any help, Brian, on how to get this out of my house? Because I think I need to get rid of this before the baby's able to move around and explore. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, maybe Craigslist, Mike. Maybe put <laughs> up on Craigslist. <laughs> but then I have to look someone in the eye as I hand it over to them. No, you just tell them like it's you know put it in a brown paper bag and leave it on the stairs. <laughs> It'll be under a mailbox at the corner of blank and blank. Know your road Boulevard and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that is my true confession. I just saw it the other day in my drawer and realized that it's been there for years. So I don't, I don't understand why you <laughs> held. Why one you took it home and two why you held on to it. I don't know. I just didn't want anyone to know that like they got me. <laughs> but why so would I, you, you? You were. But um, thinking about timing wise, you you probably had ample other opportunity to throw it in somebody else's bag. Yeah, I think it just came home. It it, uh, it got out of my bag somehow, and then I never put it back in. Or or is it that you got it, thought about using it, and then felt shame, and then never could bring yourself? No, no, to no, no, use no, it? no, no, Brian. No, no, no. <laughs> As I said, it remains unused. Thank you. <laughs> So that is my true confession. There's more to come, but I know you've got something else, Brian, that you're just dying to say right here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Your next true confession. You got one? Yeah, so uh, I guess this isn't lighthearted, but it's more, I guess it's more in line with like my fandom rather than my expertise, we'll say, in professional okay. wrestling. Um, amongst our, our circle of friends, I think this this might not be earth-shattering, but uh, to the fans on the, this podcast, it might be. And that's, I think Bret Hart is the most overrated champion in pro wrestling history. Uh-oh. Joe Murata, close your ears. <laughs> I just, I just, I was a fan of Bret Hart in the Hart Foundation, but as a singles wrestler, as like a kid, uh, being a Hulkamaniac, and it was like, so they, they served me Hulk Hogan for all those years, and they gave me Bret Hart. Yeah, I, I just I don't see the appeal of of Bret Hart um, as, as like the top guy of a company. I thought his heel run in 1997 that that stuff, if you go back and watch it, is is really good stuff. I think the best stuff he ever did as a singles competitor. But yeah, I I just think Bret Hart is the most overrated champion in pro wrestling history. Um, he's a guy who gets mentioned among the greatest of all time, and and he wouldn't he wouldn't be in my greatest of all time. Would it be top ten? Oh, I'd have to really sit down and think about it, but I I don't know. I honestly don't know. If if he was, he'd be like nine or ten. Okay, so did you read his book? 
I I did not, but I've heard lots of excerpts from it from a couple of wrestling podcasts I listened to, and um, Bret Hart, the human being, you know, I yeah, I, I don't know Bret Hart, but wow, did he take the pro wrestling business and wins and losses and things of that nature very seriously, very seriously. <laughs> I said before, Brian, that it was a better business when the wrestlers took things like that a little more seriously. Oh, I think he. Oh, but how come? So how come Hulk Hogan gets just eviscerated for for that stuff? And now, oh, guy should care about it more. Like, give me a break. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't eviscerate Hulk Hogan for it. And like I said, Hulk Hogan is a larger than life wrestler, perhaps because he had this opinion of himself. How, how can anybody feel any sympathy for like Bret Hart over the Montreal screw job? I mean, the dude refused to lose. It's pro wrestling. It's fucking predetermined. Like, How come no one talks about the fact that Shawn Michaels refused to lose? I think people do. I, I don't like Shawn Michaels either, though. You're, you're talking to the wrong guy here. Well, um, if you're talking about Bret Hart, I mean, the antithesis of Bret Hart, the opposite, you know, the guy who's the exact matchup to Bret Hart in this time period is Shawn Michaels. So it's kind of like you're with one side or the other side. You're with neither side. I was wasn't with either side. No, I didn't really like either guy. In that era, I like I was a big fan of the Undertaker. I was a big fan of uh, Diesel. At, at one point, I liked Razor Ramon. But also, too, people talk, they talk about the Montreal Screw Job. But then there's the fact that Bret Hart had previously negotiated when he was the Intercontinental Champion to take the Intercontinental Title to WCW. So I don't know how anybody could feel sympathy for for that dude when it comes to the Montreal Screw Job, but. Just as a performer, did absolutely nothing for me. Nothing. Oh, my God. Okay. That's a pretty good confession, huh? I feel like I'm going to get lots of hate over that one. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's see what else we got here. Okay, Brian. My next confession, uh, again, a little personal. Not in the same way as before, though. Uh, let's talk about Survivor Series 2008. Boston, Massachusetts. You mentioned The Undertaker moments ago as one of your favorites. You and I were both there as The Undertaker took on the big show in a casket match, correct? Yes, and you know there's two caskets, right? I do know there's two caskets. I actually went back looking for us telling the story of us being druids for the 100th episode, and I couldn't find it. I don't know if it's hidden somewhere on a BDA bonus podcast, or I don't know where it was, but I couldn't find it when I went and looked back. But I know we've told the story. We have, yes. Pat Patterson did tell us backstage, you know, there's two caskets. And we said, yes, Pat, as we like giggled to ourselves. Because <laughs> we heard all the stories of him, you know, dropping the S's and adding S's to words. And for him to do it right in front of us, that was uh, a career highlight, I would say. But, Brian, uh, we talked about this, like I said, in some lost episode somewhere. If anyone knows where this episode is, where we talked about us as druids, uh, let us know at the WPA on Twitter. Steven, I think, at one point mentioned that he remembers hearing it. So let us know, Steven, if you know. Uh, so, yeah, Survivor Series 2008, we were druids. And I'm confessing right now, I am the one that made the casket go crooked. You son of a bitch. I am the one... That had the casket looking, <laughs> it came down at like a 45 degree angle. Go on the WWE Network. I can't because I'm not a subscriber anymore. But anyone listening, look up Survivor Series 2008 from Boston. The casket match at the beginning. Uh, let me just say right now, uh, it was dark. There was so much fog. Our face was covered with spandex masks. 
Brian, you remember this. I couldn't yes. see where the hell I was going, right? Could you see where you were going? Yes, of course I could. What do you mean? It's so dark in there. You must have you must have had a different mask than me. So this is why the rest of us didn't get jobs because of you. <laughs> but I was like, I the I couldn't. It didn't feel like it was going straight to me, and I was attempting to correct it. And if you look at me, I'm in the back right. Uh, if you're watching it on the WWE Network, I'm on the back right. I'm the last guy on the right, and I'm struggling. I'm panicking with this thing. I'm remembering Mike, what Michael Hayes said to us: make sure the casket goes the right way, uh, you know, towards the ring, so it can be opened up for the match. If we screw that up, we're fucked. I, I got all these things going on in my head, and this this rickety little uh, casket thing is like not cooperating with me. So I'm like. I, I, it was me. It was, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Yeah, I made the casket fuck up. I made it look like it, we were the worst druids in WWE history. Check it out. Look it up. So all the rest of us had it going the right way, and you're you're trying to blame all these other things, but all of us, the rest of us, were okay. But you weren't. But it, it's not your fault. I think you know what it was. It was like the when you're at the supermarket. And you got the shopping cart, and it's got the one bad wheel. I think that one bad wheel was right next to me. I think that's what it was, and it was doing the whole wobbly thing, and you're trying to correct it for the the uh, you know the bad wheel. And I think that's what happened. I don't know, Mike. I think uh, what I think here is we're seeing a pattern of uh, when you get opportunity uh, in the, in the spotlight, you gag. I think that's what we're seeing here. I certainly do, and I remember going to the back afterwards, and Pat Patterson is like uh, asking us if we had a problem with the casket getting it down to the ring and that's when i knew that something was up uh i didn't say anything but uh, yes i did pat pat oh i had a big problem <laughs> and uh yeah that is my true confession it's all me it's my fault i'm sorry to uh all of our friends at chaotic wrestling and elsewhere that were a part of the uh druids with us None of us got jobs as full-time druids because of me, Mike Crockett. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm profoundly sorry. No, thanks, buddy. Thanks for nothing. All right, you got anything else, Kingpin? You got a big true confession to kind of close us out here? <laughs> All right, I, I, I got a confession, Mike. Good. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> and you wanted something that might be a little risque, a little controversial, something that might ruffle some feathers. Always. All right. Well, this this might this might ruffle some feathers, buddy. Uh, might ruffle some feathers with some guys in the business. Maybe not so much fans. I don't know. Uh oh. There's a new trend in in pro wrestling that I absolutely hate. It started off and it was you know kind of cool once in a while to see and maybe you had these moments that it called for it. But now, on some shows, you see it after every single match. You'll see two guys go out, have a completely, utterly mediocre match, and they feel the need to, to do it afterwards. I'm talking about the silliness of the hug after a pro wrestling match. Just, I don't know why this has become a thing. I mean, I, I get where, you know, sometimes wrestling is less about good guy versus bad guy, but I still think at its at its best, it's still good guy versus bad guy. But I'm just sick of it. It's overdone. It's it's just it's not special. If if everything is special, nothing is special. Do we not get this this concept? And I, I I've literally watched like just like oh that was an okay match where two two 
people I, I won't even I won't even identify you know they were man or woman two people embraced in the ring and I'm like really is this is this a thing is this a thing you can't you can't just hug in the back you can't say thank you and, and give a hug in the back it has to be in front of the fans and you know why it's for self indulgence it's to get the fans to just clap for for this and and I, I'm sick of it I, I think it's stupid and I want it to go away. Are you seeing here the irony of you working for a company that ends each match with a handshake? I, I don't I don't end each match with a handshake. Why don't you shake the people's hands? That's what you're supposed to do. That's a code of honor, Brian. Ring of Honor's code of honor. It's optional, the code of honor. And you don't partake? Me and the bruiser do not partake in the code of honor. So you're you're yelling at everybody else that does? <laughs> oh, Michael. You have uh, no respect for your fellow wrestler. That's what you're telling me right now. No, I'm saying I don't. I don't need the self indulgence of getting the fake standing ovation after my match because I'm pretending to let the fans in on some special moment that wasn't because this was just a run of the mill match of, of of some sort. You know, I think I've maybe done it once or twice. Oh, and and it's it used to be fine when it was like, you know, it was for some purpose or some, but now it's just it's just become this thing where it's like. These two guys could congratulate each other and, and thank each other in the back, and now it's like it's done in front of the fans to to get a standing ovation. That's essentially what it's done for. Yeah, Brian, maybe you just haven't had good enough matches to get that feeling but that uh, that's overtakes the, that's you. That's the thing. It's not great. Uh, it's not just great matches. Everybody does it now. So uh, now it's like it, 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 they it's all almost... have great matches all the time. Oh my god! Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You you wouldn't even know. You don't go to shows. You don't watch matches. You went to the chaotic <laughs> wrestling show and didn't watch one match. Sat in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just sick of it, and it needs to go away. I've been, I, I you know I've seen shows where you know there's eight or ten matches, and and seven or eight of them end end with a big hug at the end. Like it, it just I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I think it's dumb. All right, Brian. So the moral of the story today with True Confessions is that we're both bitter and we hate wrestling, right? <laughs> no, that's not true at all. Oh, okay. It sounds like it. You hate wrestling. I don't. Well, it sounds like you hate uh, all your fellow wrestlers that like to uh, congratulate each other. No, I don't hate all my fellow wrestlers. I just think people follow trends and then people see this happening. So like, oh, that's that's how you're supposed to do it now. You're supposed to end in hugs. I've seen matches where characters, guys who have like these uh, over-the-top characters break character after the match. They play their character the whole match and then break character after the match to have some silly hug. You know, like, just stop it. Just stop it. Jim Cornette wouldn't like that. No, Jim Cornette would hate it. So this is where me and Jim Cornette probably align. There you go. So, uh... <laughs> Was that good enough for you, Mike? I probably get heat across locker rooms all, all, all over the place now. All right. You did okay. <laughs> you did okay. If you're, if you're getting any more locker rooms, Brian. <laughs> of course I am. Come on. Okay, think you got a lot of things coming up. You didn't have any matches this past weekend, but things coming up, right? Yeah, it's Father's Day weekend. I, uh, I'm not allowed to take a weekend off. You are, you are. All right, we'll get to your matches upcoming a little later on, Brian. But yes, those are our true confessions. So let us know what you think at the WPAN on Twitter. Give us a little feedback on what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you want to give us uh, the what for? Let us know on Twitter or uh, even uh, Brian's Twitter at Brian Malonis. Let him know that you hate him as well. All right. It is time for this week's promo about nothing 
But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What did the BDA stand for? Bushi Dunn announced? Well, actually not Bushi, I mean Ibushi, Kota Ibushi, but I'm kind of running out of acronyms here, so uh, bear with me. Kota Ibushi, yes, one half of the Golden Lovers, the other half, I should say, of the Golden Lovers, is making his way to Chi-Town for All In, and still there's no love for the Kingpin. But Brian, you can take solace in the fact that BDA Radio has the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Get all in on golden content at BDARadio.com. Okay? Promo about nothing. The year? 1987. And we are going to your stomping grounds. Well, not really your stomping grounds, Brian, but our, our region the Northeast, the WWF, World Wrestling Federation. But this promo is not for the Northeast. It is for the Great White North, as Marc Blondin, a French commentator for the WWF, is backstage speaking with the future genius, the current leaping Lanny Poffo. By the way, it's in French. Promo about nothing. Mesdames, Messieurs, ici Marc Blondin pour la WWF pour vous donner tous les détails de cette carte qui aura lieu, c'est un dimanche, je vous le rappelle, le 27 décembre à Hall, bien sûr, dans la région d'Ottawa. Et c'est à l'Arena Robert Guertin. Maintenant, attention, je vous donne tous les détails. On a de côté Steve Lombardi qui fera face à l'Ultimate Warrior. Championnat du monde par équipe féminin, alors qu'on a les Glamour Girls, de très très belles blondes, face, attention, nous viennent du Japon, les Jumping Bomb Angels. On aura Iron Mike Sharp face à Coco Beware. On a les Demolition, un match par équipe, ça sera pas facile, pour Billy Jack Haynes et Ken Patera. Le roi Harley Race face à Jim Duggan et le championnat du monde par équipe, Strike Force. Les champions face au Art Foundation. Également, un de mes invités, je vous présente tout de suite, come on in, c'est le poète de la WWF, Leaping Lanny Poffo, et il sera là face à nul autre que Dan Spivey. How's it going? Thank you very much. Bonjour, Marc. Bonjour. C'est ça, ça va bien. It's very exciting because Sunday, December 27th, 8 p.m., what a big card, and what a great honor for Leaping Lanny Poffo just to be a part of it. Il dit que c'est... Uh, Très, très bon pour lui. C'est un honneur de faire partie d'une si, si grande carte à l'Arena Robert-Gertin le 27 décembre, puisqu'il y aura tant de vedettes de la WWF qui y sera. Danny Spivey is my opponent. He's a very big man, very impressive. He's a phenomenal athlete. But I, Leaping Lanny, am going to get in that ring and try to emerge victorious. Il va tout essayer pour être grand gagnant dans l'arène face à Danny Spivey. Alors, ça sera donc à surveiller. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alors, mesdames, messieurs, c'est à l'arena Robert Gertin. C'est le 27 décembre. Soyez-y. Yeah, Brian. Awkward Lady Poffo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it was leaping Lanny Poffo. No, I think it's now Awkward Lanny Poffo. 
if you see the video on this. The, the, the little wave at the end got me. <laughs> it hit me in all the right spots. <laughs> it sure did. Uh, you know, they talk about the WWF, of course. Uh, this promo about nothing is for our French fans. Brian, I just took a look while this promo was going. We had 13 downloads in France. All so right. this is for you guys. This is for you guys. <laughs> Especially for you. I mean, I kind of understand that. I mean, the interviewer, you know, where he's going to a French audience. This is for a show in London, Ontario, Canada. I mean, I understand he's first language is probably French. Wait, this is in Ont- Ontario? It's, it's weird that it's in French. Is yeah, it's London, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, Ontario is an English-speaking province. That's strange. Well, I guess you know a little more than me then. Uh, yeah, but Quebec, Quebec is like the only like really French-speaking province, and maybe it's near the border of some place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that he goes through this whole thing, running down the show. Uh, listen to this lineup, by the way. Steve Lombardi versus The Ultimate Warrior. Iron Mike Sharp versus Coco Beware. Lenny Poffo versus Danny Spivey. They bring out the big guns here for this event. <laughs> yeah, this is probably... What year was this? Where, where, where was The Warrior in terms of like trajectory of his career? This is December of 87. So he's just getting started, I think. Wow, so this is this is probably what like a sea show. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, five thousand people come to the London Gardens to see this show. It sounds like some of the cards I probably saw back in the day in in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he starts off the promo saying, uh, "How's it going?" Which is probably not the best way for an interviewer to start. I mean, you probably want a more substantive question to really get the interview kicked off. But how's it going? I don't think is the right way to go. Better than how's it hanging, right? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, so and they're both staring at this cute card that's under the, under the camera. So their their eyes are darting all over the place. And the best part of this is Lanny's doing the promo, and he has such confidence. I, I would say he's a realist, though. He says he's going to try to emerge victorious against Dan Spivey. Yeah, L- Lanny Poff is kind of an awkward fella, anyways, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. To be fair, it could have been Mean Gene Oko in there, and he might have been just as awkward. That's that's true. He really came into his own as the genius, but uh, you know, this is a few years away from that. So yes, he's going to try to emerge victorious against Dan Spivey, and of course, he lost. <laughs> no shock there. No shock there. Go check this out. Just uh, Lanny just standing there while... It's going to be awkward when you're standing there while someone interprets what you're saying. It's going to be, I mean, the awkwardness is not all up to Lanny. There's a little bit there just because he has to stand there and look in the camera while this guy is interpreting what he is saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would I would imagine so. So a little awkward there. Uh, a lot awkward, actually. So go check out the video. You heard it. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. Brian, it is that time. You're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. I do, Mike. This weekend, I return to action on Saturday, yes. June, June the 23rd. 
Bethany, Connecticut, Northeast Wrestling. Check out northeastwrestling.com and find them on social media platforms for ticket and card information. The very next day, Mike, I'm heading to Melrose, Massachusetts for Beyond Wrestling. It's going to be a special 2 p.m. bell time. It's a doubleheader with Evolve. Evolve is there that night. Uh, Adam Cole is going to be defending the uh, NXT North American Championship on the Evolve end of it. but Against you, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I I don't work for Evolve. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, I work for Beyond Wrestling, okay. uh, and I'll and I'll be there in the corner of my main man Cam Zagami. Find BeyondWrestlingOnline.com for ticket and card information. June the thirtieth, I'll be heading to Fairfax, Virginia, for Ring of Honor's international TV taping. I'll be there, of course, alongside the Beer City Bruiser and Silas Young, my pals. As usual, check out ROHWrestling.com for ticket and card information if you are in the Virginia area. If not, take a flight. Go down and see some great wrestling. I'll meet you down there. <laughs> and then, Mike, in July, July 7th, uh, I don't know, what, what would you consider 4th of July weekend? Where, where 4th of July falls on a Wednesday this year. It, it's hard to, yeah, it's the, both. It's all. It's both weekends. Why not? <laughs> All right. So, 4th of July weekend part two. I'll be heading back to Bethany, Connecticut for Northeast Wrestling. I believe Jerry Lawler is actually going to be taking part in this card on July 7th in Bethany. Uh, go to northeastwrestling.com for ticket and card information. Uh, and then, Mike, towards the uh, the third week of the month here, July the 20th, Ring of Honor returns to Nashville at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Not sure if I'll be a part of that one yet, but um, I'll be sure to keep everybody updated on if I will be returning to Nashville. And then the very next day, Ring of Honor returns to Center Stage in Atlanta, the historic Center Stage where so many World Championship Wrestling Saturday Night episodes were filmed back in the day um, as part of an international TV taping for Ring of Honor. Again, rhwrestling.com for ticket and card information. All right. So if you want to book the Kingpin on your event, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. Fill up that calendar for my good friend, the Kingpin. All right, Brian, on our calendar next Monday, we'll be back for another episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. In fact, episode 114. So please join us then. Until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>